Now on the Business Radio X Network, it's the Self-Aware Leader Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Self-Aware Leader Podcast, where we sit down twice a month with successful executives and talk to them about their leadership philosophies, how they have risen to high levels of success, and how they are now leveraging their Enneagram power to continue their growth journeys. I am your host, Linda John, executive coach and certified Enneagram practitioner, and we are broadcasting from the Tucson Business Radio X studios located in the Stewart Title Company building on Broadway Boulevard in sunny Tucson, Arizona. Today, we welcome two special guests to the show, both executive leaders of the Arizona Enneagram Association, also known as AEA. Erlina Edwards is the president of the board of the AEA and has an extensive executive background in operational human resource leadership, executive coaching, and business facilitation, all focused on driving growth, innovation, and profit for her clients. Erlina is a certified Enneagram teacher of the narrative tradition and has also earned certifications from several other Enneagram schools. She is also currently a member of internationally recognized Enneagram expert, Dr. Deborah Egerton's inaugural cohort, pursuing certification in diversity, equity, inclusion, and anti-racism, utilizing the Enneagram. Also joining us is Jay Andres, executive director of the Arizona Enneagram Association. Jay is a certified Enneagram professional of the narrative tradition as well, and a certified life coach and is one of the 10 founders of the Arizona Enneagram Association, having served on the AEA board for six years prior to becoming the AEA Executive Director. Jay has lived and worked internationally, having been a Peace Corps volunteer in Thailand and worked for seven years with USAID in Zambia and Rwanda. She holds a degree in psychology as well as a Master of Business Administration degree. Welcome to the podcast, Lena and Jay. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm so looking forward to a great, rich conversation around the Enneagram with you two professionals today. Let's start with Erlina. Can you tell us a little bit about your development as a professional leader overall? What has been your career path and what leadership philosophies have supported your success? So um, I started off my career in uh, art jobs, actually, but I, I landed into an employment agency uh, that was actually uh, looking for executives for Wall Street. And uh, as a result of working with a client, uh, ITT, um, I was placing so many people in ITT, they thought it was better if they hired me. <laughs> so um, I went to I, uh, ITT and uh, have been fortunate uh, since then to land in um, a few other technology-driven environments, and I expanded my leadership capabilities uh, over the years, coming, of course, out of recruitment and going into different parts of HR uh, until I got the full spectrum of HR and you know, was catapulted in, in leadership positions. So in my last position, it was very interesting because I went from large companies uh, like ITT, PeopleSoft, into it, and then I went into a private equity, mm. a small company where we started off, or I went into the company when it was about, uh, just about 11 million. And we grew that business from 11 million to uh, almost 600 million. And then we got sold. So That's that is a completely different experience from working in a large company when you're driving uh, the growth of a company with a private equity firm, because they do definitely need their profits back pretty quickly. Um, and then, yeah, so I think uh, that has been like the bulk of my experience on the HR side. It was interesting. Uh, I didn't mention it, but, you know, I originally uh, was in seminary. And so I graduated from seminary and then, you know, went into corporate life after I realized that I didn't think I was the right person for the pulpit. Uh, but I have used uh, that background along with the Enneagram and other tools to really help navigate me in a corporate setting with the understanding that in the business world, you know, it's really about growth, profitability, and operational excellence. 
Yes. Uh, that's just a really diverse background that you really can use the Enneagram now in a lot of different realms and genres from yeah, spiritual yeah. to corporate to self-help and all of that. It's mm -hmm. amazing. Yes, this is true. That's great. So you spent all those years in corporate America and building businesses, um, having started off with the seminary. How did you get to where you are today? Well, you know, I you know spent all of those years actually kind of in corporate life, but always have been involved with the Enneagram community, uh, with the Enneagram, you know, really being foundational in helping grow in self-awareness, uh, you know, because it does expands one's uh, way of really understanding other people and to kind of meet people where they are. And I think that my success overall in corporate life uh, has been able to really um, look at a situation, look at a person and, and actually meet them where they are, which I think is really the undertones of my success. Mm -hmm. And that's due to, I think, the ex exploring all kinds of human um, dynamic tools that the Enneagram, without a doubt, is just superior from my perspective in really helping you to kind of really understand, I'm sorry about that, but in really trying to understand um, all kinds of human dynamics. So, right. so that's a little bit of how I got to where I am today. Fantastic. Uh, Jay, same question for you. Tell us about your development as a professional leader. What has been your career path and what leadership philosophies have supported your success? I have a, I have a, I don't have a clear uh, path. My, my path in life has been uh, quite choppy, I would say. Um, you know, a lot of that had to do with uh, my first marriage in going overseas to, to work um, was at a time when I had just finished my master's degree. I, um, I was working for Motorola in sales. And this opportunity came to, to work internationally, which we couldn't pass up. And so when we got back from all of that, I did work for a time in that family's business, which was in the medical arena, but the marriage didn't last. And so then I went another direction. And that took me down a path of entre entrepreneurial ventures for a while. And then... Where things sort of started solidifying for me was when a friend of mine invited me to go to an introductory Enneagram presentation that was being done by actually one of the women who helped found the AEA eventually, Linda Frizee. Oh, that's great. Linda and I became very good friends and we started working together. She interestingly had a, a contract at the Maricopa County Court working with the Superior Court judges and their staff. And... Um, I joined her in that. I got certified and I joined her in that contract where we worked for uh, just up until recently, actually. So that got me involved in, in the Enneagram. And um, yeah. we also both became founders of the Arizona Enneagram Association. I guess the thing, the, the pattern that's followed me throughout my life that eventually led me here is um, one of, you know, very deep interest in psychology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was my undergraduate degree. I, and, you know, I kept going back between biological sciences and psychological um, right. interests. I, I, you know, I have a strong line to seven, Linda. So my interests have always been very broad. And, yes. um, and that's a good thing and a bad thing both because it's, it's been hard for me to narrow my focus in my life. Uh, but the Enneagram sort of did that. It, it brought in, in that psychological interest again and got me back into that arena. And um, so personal development, a drive to understand, I think that's been with me all of my life. Um, mm -hmm. My type is five. And so underlying pretty much everything is a very strong drive to understand at a deep level. Right. Um, you know, ultimately... What is the meaning of of being here in this this human life? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> so that has led to an interest in metaphysics, in spirituality, and in psychology. And in the Enneagram, certainly, I think all three of those things meet very well. They and really so, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I sort of grokked it 
at my first um, introduction to it, I was like, I just got it. And I found my type pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And um, I just started working in it right away. And uh, I just, you know, it's been, been life changing. Yeah. Well, we always say you don't find the Enneagram, the Enneagram finds you. And it's, I found that over and over with people that I've been working with is it sometimes just shows up at the perfect time in our lives and makes so much sense. And it sounds like you had a similar experience that you were very much ready for it and found the passion in it right away. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so great. You know, you were sharing with me a story about one of your favorite projects with the Enneagram, um, working with the judicial system. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty interesting venture because uh, at that time, there was a woman who had been hired by the courts to head up what was called the Judicial Formation Program to counteract what had been coined as black robe disease because the, the judges due to their positions become quite isolated or can become quite isolated. And so it turned out that she happened to know the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. And so she found Linda as a person who, you know, was presenting the Enneagram in business and could use business language with the judges. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it got started. And we did workshops. Um, we did coaching. Ultimately, we did a judicial observation program, which was to film judicial officers on the bench and give them feedback on their demeanor. Oh, uh, sure. Of which the Enneagram was an option. It wasn't mandatory, but if they were open to that, it gave us additional information that we could use when we were viewing them. Mm -hmm. So um, it was fascinating. It was fascinating and, and such a wonderful, uh, appreciative group of people to, to work with. Oh, so, um, yeah. You know, similar to what we were just visiting with, with Erlina, is the Enneagram can really drop into so many areas and aspects of business life, personal life, um, spiritual life. It's, it's just an amazing, amazing tool. Thank you so much for sharing that background. Erlene, I'm going to bounce back to you. Um, specifically, how did you, how did the, how did the Enneagram find you? And um, let's start with that. Well, I mean, it, you know, yes, the Enneagram definitely does find you. Uh, I have a strong wing to five, and so I do explore a lot as well. Um, I was in a pretty difficult relationship at the time that I found the Enneagram, and fortunately, uh, I went to one of the earlier uh, sessions that uh, Helen Palmer was doing in uh, Berkeley, California. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, the rest is history. You... You, you hear something there and you you have an experience and it just takes you back to the next and to the next and to the next. Uh, and I found that uh, by learning the content of the Enneagram as I was managing employee relations cases, especially employee relations cases that uh, were very sensitive, you know, especially around discrimination or, you know, sexual harassment and things like that. Uh, it was really very uh, helpful Mm -hmm. in, in helping me to understand pretty much the dynamics of what was going on. And I think the other part of it too, because I'm a type four on the Enneagram, it really led me out of that extreme emotionalism, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that can be very present in a four if a four is not really uh, developed well. Mm -hmm. So um, that became more of the foundation and, and how I got through it. Also helping me to and a very difficult uh, marriage. Uh, also, I have two nine daughters and a six son, uh, accountable oh. to six. Uh, okay. And in, in the development of myself and the understanding a little bit more of their lens in terms of how they see the world, it really helped me in my relationship with my children. Um, and I think even going into my next marriage, because I did marry again, uh, you know, finding a more healthy person by really understanding those differences between when a person is emotionally and psychologically healthy from when they're not and being able to discern that. And the Enneagram gives you those lens. Absolutely. Uh, to be able to, to see those pieces. Yeah. And you can understand when you're working, uh, you know, fortunately for me, 
um, having seat at the table with the C-suite and, and really knowing how to navigate those choppy waters when all it is to them is about driving revenue and, and bringing uh, that growth in. You know, it's a whole different world when you're able to know what the expectation is from that person or how to respond back to that person based on their type. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, when I was um, talking with you earlier about some of your qualities or, you know, personal <laughs> philosophies on success, I really liked how you talked about this transition when you, you went from this corporate bottom line world to just really focusing on having a life of your own personal development and a path of becoming a better employee, leader, wife, mom, human being. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you share some of that with our podcast audience as well? Yeah, well, I think, you know, a couple of the philosophies that I wrote down was, you know, uh, making certain that my actions don't harm other people. Um, and when you're managing an environment, uh, you have a tendency sometimes to be in relationships that expect you to really be about them, but you have to remember that you're managing the whole system mm -hmm. and you're responsible in, in looking at it from that angle, I think becomes a key of the way you have to learn how to walk in life if you want to lead something. Yes. Uh, approach. Yeah, exactly. And then my magic question, and Jay can appreciate this is, you know, are we getting better? So uh -huh. in other words, you know, we're doing that, but, but what I'm uh, looking into now, because you were uh, mentioning earlier my interest uh, in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I would not have thought that that would have been my path uh, because of my interest from a spiritual standpoint of view too. But uh, I recently became uh, involved in moderating some programs for policing, reimagining the police force, uh, you know, as a result of a number of things that have been going on. Yes. And I thought the diversity and inclusion would really help me in you know, finding my own uh, inner skills and things that I needed to learn about myself as it pertained to race. Um, my family is from Panama. So, uh, you know, there's a multiracial component uh, within my life that I really had to kind of figure out and going through that program has really been kind of pulling that forward. But uh, I think the Enneagram would be just an extraordinary tool to bring into dialogue, um, you know, reimagining the police and helping people understand their Enneagram type. So I'm looking right now to marry both of those. Um, mm -hmm. In addition, you know, I'm doing some studying on the art of dialogue, mm -hmm. uh, as well as taking Dr. Egerton's program and then wanting to bring that to the Enneagram because I see that that is just a body of work uh, that I'm really interested in. I recently uh, interviewed a number of police chiefs and uh, people who are involved in the municipalities of policing. Yeah. And um, I was struck how much pain they're in. You know, I know the pain of people of color because I, you know, I, I live in that world mm -hmm. and I'm wanting to find that sweet spot in the center. You know, how do we find the balance in the center to be able to have a higher uh, level of dialogue around you know, recognizing that we're all in the same situation and we really need to figure out how to become coherent in it rather than staying in these massive states of fragmentation. So yeah. that's the direction that I'm going. That is fascinating work. And it just shows, again, how the Enneagram can have applications for life-changing initiatives, um, you know, societal changing um, initiatives. And Kudos to you on, on that direction. I did have the honor of sitting in one of the uh, programs that you did around that um, and brought a police chief in and shared something. It was just fascinating. And honestly got my wheels spinning on how I could help build upon that too. So um, I, I wanna congratulate you for the work that you're doing in that area. I think it's really important work. Yeah. And if I might mention, you know, when I did my uh, internship with the Enneagram, because in the narrative tradition, you're supervised, you know, for your certification process. And I was, um, I was with uh, PeopleSoft at the time, and we used the Enneagram for communications with a team. And that team was able to exponentially 
deliver much greater work as a result of the team going through the dynamics of finding out who was on the team and how the team was made up and how they could better support each other. So I just want to, you know, just go back to that point in the conversation of how powerful this tool can be in the business environment on multiple levels. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've seen it time and time again, working with teams and corporations as well. And <laughs> it's people are just in disbelief. The people who are in it doing it, just they, people that have worked together for 15 years and thought they knew the members of their team have these aha moments that are just so powerful. Um, so that's great. You, um, so you've alluded a little bit to your types. We've alluded a little bit to the narrative tradition of the Enneagram. And I'm so excited to do a deeper dive into all of that. Uh, so when we come back from a short break, we will dig deep into more Enneagram discussions with Erlina Edwards and Jay Andres, successful thought leaders in building conscious community through the Enneagram and executive leaders of the Arizona Enneagram Association. And we will be right back. This podcast episode is sponsored by Linda John Consulting, and I'm speaking today with her. Tell me about Linda John Consulting, Linda, and why people are attracted to your business. You bet. Well, we are a coaching and consulting business. We have a wide array of services, including executive coaching, strategic planning, team development programs, um, really all focused on uh, individual leadership growth and uh, organizational development. And so at a time like now when times are tough and a lot of organizations are going through a lot of change, we have the services that can help people get back on track and really grow. Well, corporations report that executive coaching is a key to making their businesses thrive. What makes your coaching practice unique? And why would someone choose Linda John Consulting? Well, I love to use an assessment tool known as the Enneagram, which is a personality assessment, um, puts, puts people into nine different main types and teaches them integration strategies for how to be the best version of themselves. I do have a lot of uh, programs focused on other strategies as well, but this really is one of our key success strategies with Linda John Consulting and people really are seeing the benefits from this, these programs. Okay, Linda, so what are the best ways for people to contact with you? Best way is just go to lindajohnconsulting.com and click on set up a consultation and we'll be back in touch and we'll get you started. We are visiting with Erlina Edwards and Jay Andres, successful thought leaders in building conscious community through the Enneagram and executive leaders of the Arizona Enneagram Association. Erlina and Jay, it is time for the big reveal of your types, which you've already sort of given away, but we want to go deeper. So I'd like each of you to share your type and a little bit about what your favorite features of your type are and why. So uh, Jay, let's start with you. Okay. Well, my type is five. I have a strong four wing and as I mentioned, a, a strong connection to seven and my subtype, if you know what that is, is uh, one to one. So you know, the favorite thing about your type, it's not what we normally focus on, you know, so um, <laughs> that, that can be, be a little dicey. And um, Leave it I to a type say, seven to take the optimistic view of this. Yeah, I know, you know, but the fives don't toot their own horn. And if you grew up in North Dakota, you really don't. So those two things together say, uh, you know, what can I say here? Well, I, I think a, a positive feature of five is this thing that I mentioned earlier is this quest to understand. I think it can also make us a little annoying sometimes because there can be a lot of questions, um, uh, not, not in the way that a six questions in order to get certainty, but out of curiosity. And so, you know, there, there can be a lot of, well, I wonder, or why, or what about this? Right. Um, but it comes from that, that drive to, to just figure things out. Um, mm -hmm. There's an, there's an objectivity that I think there's a, a giving people latitude to be themselves. Um, you know, even if it's, 
it's if even if it's not there in the in the moment, let's say that you know if if reactivity comes up and and hijacks me, I do think I come back pretty quickly, even in a situation like that, to being able to see the other person's point of view or um, to account for other ways of seeing things. Sure. And I think that's one of the strengths. Mm -hmm. um, there's, um, you know, any strength can become a challenge. So, but that, that um, being able to set the emotions aside and, and stay rational can be a, certainly a strength. Obviously it can be overused as well. And that's part of the work of the Enneagram is to bring all three centers online. Because as you know, we, we tend to use one over the others. And of course my fave is the head. Right, um, you're, you know. you're thinking, thinking, thinking all the time. <laughs> yeah, if you can just, you know, it's safe up in, in your head where you can just think your way through things and, and you don't have to feel your way through things. Feel, and that, yeah. can be, that can be a lot safer. Uh -huh. um, so, um, objectivity, um, understanding, um, self-reliance, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a low maintenance person. If you're in a relationship with me, um, I, I take care of myself and I, I don't have a lot of, well, place a lot of demands on other people, you know, and, and I think the world's, of course, I think everybody should be that way. <laughs> We'd all be a lot better off if everybody just, uh, took care of themselves, right? Um, Great. So those are the three that come to mind offhand. And you you referenced um, the four wing and also line to seven. How do those show up for you? And go ahead and maybe do a little description of the types for those that might not be familiar with all the Enneagram types. So the four and the seven. Certainly. So, so five is in the head center. And um, so, but sitting right to the the, the right of me, if you're, if you're looking at the circle, is um, moving, moving counterclockwise is the four in the heart center. And mm -hmm. so what the four brings to the, to the five is a little bit more comfort with emotions. Mm -hmm. So first of all, being female brings that, and then the four brings, brings more of that. And so also uh, more creativity, more interest in creative pursuits rather than you know, straight science, although science has been very interesting to me too, because because of that line to seven. Yes, right. um, all kinds of things are interesting. Um, so the four brings in more heart, more comfort with emotion, um, more focus on doing something different mm -hmm. or something unique. I mean, that's been straight, very strong in my life. Um, I can get sucked into the what's missing Thing. Um, my four was pretty closely guarded secret throughout my life, I would say, like um, where it came out would be, you know, I don't know if you remember Joni Mitchell's Blue CD. Yes. But, you know, um, I called it my depressed express music. So I could <laughs> put that on and, and wallow in sadness and melancholy. That's why I love fall is because of the, you know, it's such a melancholy time. And, you know, that sweet melancholy of four. But it was it was my time in pretty closely guarded secret that yeah. I spent time there, right? Got it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's been there. Mm -hmm. uh, the line to seven is um, I like to keep my options open. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's hard for me to eliminate options. Um, it's the going to possibilities. I like um, it's you know five is there, there, there's a lot of, uh, there's kind of a dry wit in, mm -hmm. in five. Mm -hmm. But I also just like the, the, the fun and kind of silliness of seven. And I can, yeah. yeah, there's a playfulness. And I can tell when I'm in a group of sevens, I, I just get kind of, I can get carried away with that energy. Sure. Um, just, you know, join in. And so it's, it's kind of, it's almost a, a typing thing for me if I feel my my body going in that direction <laughs> so this, is, this is seven energy I know seven energy yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that was sort of my role in the, the family also is just to kind of play that that mm -hmm. part all right thank you for that Erlina and let's hear about your type and what your favorite aspects of your type are yeah so I think um Jay was a little bit kind of in the four discussion um 
I will say that um, healthy fours, uh, and I'll clarify that because, you know, fours are always, they can see what's missing. And as a result of that, you know, they can kind of get pretty emotional and depressive and melancholic. Uh, but when they're healthy, um, I think there's a, a whole different side that actually shows up. Uh, I would say that um, fours have the capacity to, like I can deal with things that are emotionally very heavy um, and not necessarily take it on. So, mm -hmm. you know, even from an HR standpoint of view, I was involved with a lot of heavy kind of cases um, in which I could kind of navigate. So I do think that they have that level of intelligence to it. We can get to the heart of it pretty quickly. Right. Um, in terms of um, like what Jay was talking about, you know, we have subtypes and my subtype is self-pres. And so the self-pres type, uh, you know, very much like a five, um, I would think I'm, I'm pretty sufficient in being able to kind of take care of myself and, you know, kind of keep things going. I have that kind of quality. But there is also a very deep uh, love for aesthetics yeah. and for beauty. Uh, and the order of things. And so this is where I kind of go to my type one. I'm that professionistic kind of person, always looking to, you know, see how we can make things better. Uh, my husband is a five with a four wing and I'm a four with a five wing. So aesthetics and the beauty and I'm with both self press. So that works out really well. Um, and you can't tell from this room, but if you go in my house, there's at least a hundred pieces of art on the wall. Uh, so we really have a great passion for art, uh, mm -hmm. and that's another piece I think that most people really like being in the companies of four because they kind of bring that that beauty to it. Yes, definitely yeah. that artful uh, connection and right. deep uh, love of aesthetics. You know, right. yeah. Some of your some of your greatest writers. Yes. For us, your greatest dancers, you know, yes. people in the entertainment world, you know, they're really just uh, in that category. And I would say that, you know, that there is a, a flair on, um, like I said, not only getting to the heart of the matter, but um, I've been known to like emotionally pop people with a single question or a single answer to something and they never be the same. And I don't know where that comes from. That just comes <laughs> up and out on people That's from fantastic. time to time. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's a gift of the four, actually. Yes. Yeah. I'm interested that um, you, Erlina, you and Jay share types from um, five wing, five with a four wing and four with a five wing. Do you, have you, have you done some self-awareness on how that shows up for you as you work together to lead the Arizona Enneagram Association? And what's that look like for you? I'll let Jay, you know, take this one. I don't know that we've done that consciously, but we have been able to find our rhythm ah, with each yeah. other. And I would say that we know how to support each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and because we are fours and fives, um, this is why you're, um, you know, working, having a type seven, uh, mm -hmm. it's very important because we need the balance of that, those centers of intelligence to really help us um, you know, bring things forward. So as Jay mentioned, um, fives are thinking types and, you know, fours are, are not necessarily, they don't move necessarily toward things. And, and so that can cause problems when you're trying to grow something. <laughs> so, so you have to bring that energy around you of other people who have the capacity to be able to kind of expand things. But yeah. I think we just found our rhythm together. What would you say, Jay? I would explain it. Well, I, you know, I think it helps to have uh, people from different centers. So you've got the, you know, you've got the head and the heart represented. You know, um, we both have a connection, of course, to, to numbers in the body center, but at least we have two of the three mm -hmm. centers covered. I think that one of the, the things that I've noticed is that you know, it's, I have a naturally compartmentalizing mind. It's a characteristic of five. We tend to compartmentalize things and it's, it's just automatic. It's not in, intentional. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I might automatically just, I'm sending an email and I think, okay, who needs this information? 
and I send it, you know, to those people who I think need the information. I, and I might, might leave somebody out that I shouldn't have left out, or maybe I don't start to go, well, who, who else might benefit from this? Just as, a, just as an example. And it's nothing intentional. Um, maybe it also comes from the five just um, conservation of, 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 of resources. And so if, you know, if this information, if you don't need this information, why would you want to be burdened with this information <laughs> or an excess email? Because God, you know, who would want excess of anything? So it could be just an unconscious saving other people from unnecessary yes. time and energy expended on an email they don't need to see. I don't know. It's automatic. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it, it's helpful to have somebody go, well, you know, we, we need to also include this other person. And it's like, oh yeah, sure, fine. I have no problem with that. It's just that it didn't, you know, it didn't occur to me, right? Yeah. And that is something that, um, I mean, compartmentalization is a really handy thing and, and it can be really beneficial and some people probably need to do more of it. And it can also work to your detriment. And that's one of the ways that it does. And so, um, you know, and bringing in the heart, of course, um, if I'm too caught up in, in, in the head stuff, and maybe I don't notice that, figuratively speaking, maybe I don't notice the look on somebody's face if I'm caught up in getting something done. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's always helpful to have somebody you know, I, I used to say, and I still do, that, um, you know, talk to your twos. They have the heartbeat of the organization. Well, that, that's also true for, for your fours, and, and a four has a line to two. So one of the beauties when we started the Arizona Enneagram Association is we had every type represented in the, in the founding group, except wow. for type one. But we had a, a self-pressed three who played that role indistinguishably. Um, and we had a lot of one wings flapping around. So, mm -hmm. you know, we had the one covered, but um, it's, it's really, really beneficial to have, if not all types, at least every center represented. Yeah. And, and so that's, I think, where we, um, where we balance each other out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's, those are really great reflections on how that shows up in, in your association. Um, it did, so the, the founding board having all types covered except one, was that pretty intentional or was it a coincidence? Just the way it turned out. <laughs> it's, it's just the way it turned out. And it, it's one reason why we thought in hindsight that it worked as well as it did. That mm -hmm. and the fact that it was just in a very, um, a very dedicated group of people, in mm -hmm. most of whom are We're still involved in the organization yeah. all these years later. So, Well, let's keep with that topic. I, I am so fascinated um, that you are one of the founding board members and how this all came together. Talk about um, the beginnings of the Arizona Enneagram Association. And I, once you, know, you shared that original story, I really would like you to share a little bit more about this narrative tradition that we've been mentioning along the way. And, what exactly is that? Well, the narrative is a way of learning the Enneagram from the people themselves, from the types themselves. And so, uh, you know, it, it, the training is done much through panels, mm -hmm. panels of people being interviewed, people who know their types. Mm -hmm. uh, because somebody else can describe a type to you, but when you hear it from the type themselves, you feel it, you get the it's energy. So much more powerful. Yeah, yes. it is. Um, and it, it also includes a lot of what we call process work. So okay. you're, you're taking the information in and working with it mm -hmm. in, in order to um, understand yourself better and to release the hold that, that types have on you so that you understand you, you have a type, but you, you aren't a type. You're yeah. much more than a type. Right. So it's, it's a really beautiful way to learn the Enneagram and it just turned out that of the 10 women that came together to form the organization, nine of us were certified teachers and we were certified through the narrative. Mm. Um, so we started out from that tradition. We, I, will, I do want to, to make it clear that we are not strictly a narrative organization. We embrace all Enneagram teaching. It just right. so happened that that's, 
that's the group that came together. Origins, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And uh, there had been work going on with one of our founders, Carol Whitaker, had been bringing Enneagram trainings to the, the Franciscan Renewal Center here in Phoenix for many years, bringing in um, Helen Palmer and David Daniels. Mm -hmm. And then um, when that facility was no longer uh, available for, for that to happen, this group of women came together and kind of because we didn't know what we were in for, maybe <laughs> we, we formed a corporation, formed a nonprofit, not realizing that the, the form for a nonprofit is, is you know, like 3,000 <laughs> pages long. Um, and uh, we, we just initially did that to continue to bring in David and Helen and to continue with what we, we now call our core curriculum, which was a body of work that had been developed by local Arizona teachers based on Helen Palmer's Spiritual Freedom series that she gave a series of workshops in Phoenix over a number of years. And then the local teachers did what we call follow-on classes afterwards to continue that work, to take it deeper, to have people be able to work over a six-week period after that to bring the work inside and embody it mm -hmm. and work with it further. And that became through uh, the efforts of local teachers and, and uh, kudos to particularly to Carol Whitaker into bringing that into fruition, into a format that uh, we carried on then through the AEA, which has... Um, resulted ultimately in two spiritual freedom retreats that we do uh, in alternate years, working with the barriers to spiritual freedom and then exploring, exploring spiritual freedom, you know, experiencing spiritual freedom, excuse me, in alternate years at the um, uh, retreat center, Picture Rocks Retreat Center in Tucson. Okay. Wonderful. So, so a lot of- That's how it happened. Yeah, that's great. A lot of the beginnings, uh, sounds like it was a lot of certified educators of the Enneagram that wanted to make sure that they continued the teachings. Would absolutely. that be? Yes, absolutely. We didn't, you know, we had a, we had a, uh, it was a dedicated group of people. I mean, just beyond the teachers, there was quite a number of people who'd gone through those classes mm -hmm. um, at, at the CASA, at the Franciscan Renewal Center. And so it was in an effort to not lose that. Yes. Yes, that's great. Erlina, um, how long have you been involved with the Arizona Enneagram Association? And as the president of the board, what, where do you see uh, your leadership taking the association in the coming one to two years? Yeah, thank you. So um, I was um, involved with the Arizona Enneagram Association when they were bringing uh, Helen and David in as primary teachers. So I've been involved with the association on and off. As they were building the nonprofit, that's when I left from my last corporate assignment with the private equity uh, group, uh, but immediately came back and, and stayed uh, in contact with the group the whole time I was gone by going back and forth. Uh, with some of the programs that they would do on a regular basis. I think the, the huge value of the Arizona Enneagram Association is threefold. One is, I don't know of any, well, let me preface this by saying, of course, I, I'm, you know, attached to this, but yeah. the Arizona Enneagram Association is one of the finest learning institutions for the Enneagram on the planet. Uh, and as uh, Jay pointed out, because it started with nine teachers who were steeped uh, with some of the two primary leaders of the Enneagram uh, work in the U.S. before it really took off, uh, they have preserved the integrity of that teaching uh, for as long as it's been in existence, and it's going into its 13th year. Mm -hmm. uh, the other part of it is the quality of the teachings, and we have always spent um, a very conscious timing on the design of what an experience is going to be like for the user. Sure. Yeah. So we understand that there are people in the beginning, there are people in the middle of learning the Enneagram, and then there are, of course, those are advanced teachers. And the content of our learning have all three levels of programming available for a person who's interested 
in coming in. And in fact, uh, we teach the foundation class only one time a year and it's coming up. So I just wanted to kind of pull a plug into that. So yes. uh, I think um, going uh, into 21 right now, we will stick with that. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on in neurobiology that has really validated the Enneagram on, on right. steroids now. Um, and here again, because we stay uh, steeped in the learning of the Enneagram, we follow the science along with how the Enneagram is unfolding and continue to you know, bring that work forward to um, the people who participate with us. We definitely want to grow um, the, the, the groups of people who are actually kind of coming in. We see that there are more people interested in the Enneagram now than ever before. So we will concentrate this year on growing the base of people that we are, are bringing in. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be a big deal. We'll be updating our website and uh, you know, definitely updating, going out into particular topics like the one that I spoke about, for example, finding the right themes to be able to bring to people to grow that level of awareness. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and I'd, I'd like to piggyback just quickly on that to, to say that, um, you know, we do have different tracks of learning. So if someone, you know, someone may want to go down the spiritual freedom path um, and someone else may not. So we offer a variety of topics. We have a relationship series. Um, all good relationships begin with you. So no matter what work you do, you're doing, you know, you're doing work on relationships. Mm -hmm. um, so just, you know, we're always adding, we still bring in outside speakers. We have very fine local teachers. Mm -hmm. All of our work, though, is focused on taking people deeper. So um, this is not just a, a, I mean, it can be fun, certainly, but it, it's not just a parlor game, and it's not about falling deeper into your type. It's really, a, whatever we do, it's focused on helping you, you know, cut some doors and windows mm -hmm. in the box that you're in. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. and, and expanding your view and your capacity yeah. for broader experience and deeper understanding of self and others and the ability to manage yourself, manage your own reactivity mm -hmm. so that we can have more compassion in the world and better, deeper conversations and I do believe that this is a tool that can help us heal mm -hmm. this, this in, incredible chasm we have in our world. Mm -hmm. If we can just get this out to enough people. Well said. Beautifully said. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And the learning piece of it is so valuable. I, um, I consider myself a lifelong learner, but I also consider the Enneagram a lifelong learning journey. It is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As much as I've been involved with it and coaching with it, I always learn more by deeper and deeper, deeper and deeper. And that's really the fascinating part of it. And one other point I wanted to make to something you said, Erlina, um, and that's the importance of the neuroscience, the neurobiology around this, mm -hmm. and especially when we're talking about the business world, the corporate right. world, just now starting to see the value of this. Um, I was with a group of CEOs presenting a workshop and they wanted to know the data and the science, like they want the research that validates this because they think it's pretty cool, but it's got, it can't just be sort of this out there thing. And so there's a lot of that research that's um, now validating the Enneagram from a scientific standpoint as well. Yes. Yes. Very much. So. Oh my gosh. The time has flown by a uh, quick chance for a plug on how our listeners can connect with you to get more information and get involved with the Arizona Enneagram Association. Absolutely. Well, our website is arizonaenneagram.org. And as Erlina mentioned, we will be uh, moving to a new site sometime in January. Um, same, same URL, but it'll be uh, a brand new site. Uh, we're looking forward to that. We're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, Instagram, so you can find us in all of those places. And we have everything from meetups to retreats. So there's Fantastic. lots going on. We have a very robust schedule plan for 2021. Um, so I just invite everybody to check us out and 
yeah. what you like. I think if I might just say that one of the ways that people get started with us is that we do do a meetup, which is just a small meeting. Uh, it has some description of the Enneagram in it, so it's actually kind of tied to the Enneagram, just to whet your appetite. And um, usually we do those on on Thursdays, the third Thursday of the month. Uh, so, but if you go out and sign up for um, on our mailing list, you get all the information, and that's the best, best way, way to do that. The best way to get started is yes. go out and yeah. sign up. Yeah. Okay, sign up for email list and. You'll get it all. We have tons of professionals that are available for people too um, that are interested in learning more on a, a private maybe basis. We have a whole professional membership within the association as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I want to thank you both for sharing your leadership expertise and Enneagram experiences with us on the Self-Aware Leader podcast, where we talk about leveraging our Enneagram power to support continued leadership success. Best wishes to you, Erlina and Jay, as you continue to build conscious community through the Arizona Enneagram Association. We thank you for this opportunity as well. That's oh, been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Self-Aware Leader Podcast. We will be back soon with another dynamic guest ready to hear more stories of successful leaders sharing their experiences of leveraging their Enneagram power to accelerate their leadership success. Until then, I am Linda John, host of the Self-Aware Leader Podcast, signing off from the Tucson Radio X studios located in the Stewart Title Company building on Broadway Boulevard in Tucson, Arizona. So long. Join us again on the Business Radio X Network for the Self-Aware Leader Podcast. 